with Coach Jennifer Gill, and I'm so excited you guys are joining us today uh, to talk about Ragnar and running in general, and motivation, and teamwork, and sleep, and eating, and all that fun stuff. Right, Jen? Yes. Hello, everybody. Hello. You're looking all pretty in pink. So, Jen, um, introduce yourself a little bit. I know that people um, know your name, obviously, but tell us about, you know, what you do out there in, uh, in SoCal. So I am a running coach, a personal trainer, and a sports nutritionist. So I, um, I see clients one-on-one -on -one in any of those capacities. And then I also coach some group programs as well. Uh, right now, I don't have any groups going, but um, we'll you know, train for a specific race, or I've done some strength, you know, group strength training classes, that kind of stuff. So we've been out here just shy of seven years, and uh, yeah. Liking wow. it so far. <laughs> Your twins that just turned, did they just turn eight? Is that right? They just turned seven. So oh, we seven, moved here right five. after they were born, which was lots of fun moving across the country right after having twins. But um, yeah, so my girls just turned seven and then I have a 12 year old boy as well. So you've got your hands full. That's so, I love that you're the trifecta. I love that you're personal trainer, running coach, and nutritionist. Like that is, I mean, what else could you be besides, you know, a motivational speaker, which is kind of, you know, uh, inherent <laughs> okay. in all those jobs, right? Yeah. Um, and you're also a kick-ass runner. So before we start, I just got to talk because I love, um, well, I love Facebook for a lot of reasons, not that it invades our privacy. I don't love it for that reason, um, <laughs> but I do love it um, because stuff that, you know, I just don't even know that's going on all of a sudden I'm scrolling and I'm like, oh my gosh, um, see this video of you coming across the finish line, winning a 50 K. Um, yeah. Tell us about, first of all, what was the race and, and then talk about the race a little bit. So the race was called the Beyond Limits Ultra, and it's actually a multi-day race that has um, a 72-hour, a 48-hour, a 24-hour, oh um, a 50-miler, a 100-miler, and then, you know, piddly 50K as well. Um, oh, that's piddly <laughs> 50K, yeah. <laughs> um, I have never done this race before. I had heard about it from a friend of mine who was doing the 24-hour, and my family was going to, it's up in the mountains in San Bernardino National Forest um, in uh, Riverside County. We were going there for spring break to Idlewild, which is this oh. little mountain town, and we loved it. It was so fun. But this race was going on while we were there, and so I was like, well, I need to get a long run in. You know, <laughs> honey, do you mind if I do this race? And I, I did, and, um, you know, I had no idea where I was in the pack. It's not a huge race, um, but because of it was a, it's a looped course. So it's in this ranch, this like educational ranch within the area. And the runners had to do a two mile loop. So imagine you're running for 72 hours on a two mile loop. So I'm glad I wasn't oh. doing that one. <laughs> oh but, my gosh. Um, was your yeah, loop a so, two mile loop? Yeah. So we all did the same two mile loop and, oh, um, geez. I, I, I've done a, one or two other races that also were a looped course, so I had some experience with it, but a lot of ultras are looped, so it's, it's kind of good to get some under your belt just so that you have you know, that mental experience of doing looped courses. But because of the loops, I had no idea where I was within the group of people, plus because it's so many different races going at once, I yeah. didn't know who was doing what. So I wasn't doing like I wasn't like gunning to win or anything. It just happened that way. I got, I, it all came together. I had worked through some mental issues because, you know, loop courses kind of play with your mind a little bit. So I'd worked through that and 
I had some stomach issues in the beginning and I worked through that. So it, it all came together at the end when I was doing the last loop with a friend of mine and we came out of the first mile and another friend was like, you're in the lead and the person behind you is like right behind you. So you need to kick it up a little bit. It's like, oh, oh okay, God. I'll try. Oh, I don't wow. know what I'm doing. So exciting. Oh my <laughs> I don't God. know how I can do it. You know, my IT band was bothering me because of the loops and everything. So, but I was able to hang in there and, and I, I came in first. So yeah, it was, it was super exciting. And I'm still kind of shocked. That was like a week ago and all that stuff. So yeah, it was pretty, pretty awesome. That is so cool. Well, so first of all, I mean, ultra loops. I mean, I mean, I've been on, I've, I've seen courses and heard courses that have loops, but they're like 20 mile loops or 10. Yeah. I mean, a two mile loop. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty, that just feels very intense. Yeah. Um, there are a lot that even have a one mile loop. So like a two mile loop is a luxury. So oh, I, can, wow. I couldn't imagine doing a one mile loop. I think I would go insane. Yes, I think I would too. Um, so congrats for hanging in there because that, that has got to be really good mental training. Um, and then the other question I had for you, a 72-hour race? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think, I think a lot of people, you know, because they have the 72 hours, they take a lot of time to rest and, sure. you know, get some sleep and stuff. Um, but I don't know if you know of Katra Corbett. She's a really popular ultra runner. Um, her Instagram handle is dirt diva. I believe she's okay. amazing. And she was a first female finisher in a hundred with 192 miles. So oh like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's just amazing to see some of these people and what they can do. Um, I, there was a, a gentleman in his full firefighter, um, uniform and tank and everything. He did 150 miles. Like, it's just amazing. That's part of why I like to do these races, just to see some of these people that just are astounding. I agree. I agree. Well, and, and that, and that probably is for safety. If you're out there for three full days, I mean, the two mile loop is, is good. So exactly. You know, find you when you decide to snooze and exactly <laughs> in a level loop. Um, wow, well, that's that is that's a really good segue because um, 192 miles in 72 hours is not quite Ragnar, which is about 200 miles. At least the road one is in um, 48 hours. I mean, right? Yeah, 48 hours, but or less. But um, but it's it's still a, a huge distance, and it's something to conquer. And I think. You know, I'm really glad that we've got a, a nice kind of critical mass of mother runners in here because sometimes I think that people are like, oh, I'm training for a marathon. I can just rip off a Ragnar. And certainly, yes, you could. But there's there's such um, interesting challenges that um, and there's such fun adventures that you want to kind of be primed to enjoy it and not just Absolutely. suffer through it. Right. Because that's yeah. the thing. I mean, if you can run 20 miles straight, great. But can you do you know, a five mile or an eight mile or a four mile, um, you know, not sleeping and making sure your nutrition is great and, and all that. So um, talk a little bit, just kind of how you approach, because you've done a lot of Ragnars, including our um, team, you led our Alafia team, um, Ragnar Alafia uh, down in Florida last year, or Alafia. I never know. I think it's Alafia. I think. Yeah. Gosh, I, just, <laughs> I feel like, and every time I say it, I'm like, is that right? Is that right? Um, I know. It's so weird. <laughs> Alafia, so you led a group of eight mother runners last um, winter down on the trail race. So you have, I mean, that's that's pretty fresh. I um, mean, you've done a lot of Ragnars yourself. So as you approach it as an athlete, what do you kind of take into account thinking about um, the challenge of Ragnar? 
So I think that the most important thing when training for a Ragnar is to make sure that you get yourself used to running that three times in, you know, 24, 36 hours, because, um, you know, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't feel great if you haven't, you know, experienced it at least a few times before your actual relay, just because, um, you know, your body stiffens up after, after running, especially if you go from running to sitting in a van and driving somewhere and then having to run again, you know, six hours later, um, it's tough and, and getting, get, I mean, granted, you know, in real everyday life, it's hard to do simulate that exactly that way, but you know, getting um, three runs in within a, a few days, I think is going to be your best bet in preparing for that, you know, just so you know um, what to eat in between those runs, um, you know, getting used to, you know, say foam rolling or using the stick or something like that in between the runs and just knowing what to expect, really, even if you can't do it more than just one time, just kind of knowing what to expect and, and how your body may feel under those circumstances. I think that's the most important thing when it comes to Ragnar training. You know, the mileage is, you know, getting the mileage under your belt obviously is is helpful, but just knowing that you're able to do those three runs within that that amount of time is going to be the most helpful, I think. And then, you know, nutrition and hydration in between. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. Um, and I should have, I, I should have prefaced uh, two things I meant to say at the beginning. Um, we have a handful of you guys here, which is awesome. Thanks for joining us today. If you have questions along the way, whether it's something that comes up um, if Jen or I say something and you're like, oh, that's an interesting point. I'd like to expand on that. Or if it's totally random. You can type in the question and I can um, grab it here. You can also um, uh, hold up your hand and I can unmute you and you can talk to um, Coach Jen. So just wanted to let you know that that's an option. The other thing is um, I meant to give a shout out to um, Jenny McBayer, who was, I think, our first uh, athlete out of the, the starting shoot uh, in 2018 um, with her team. She did the Texas International Relay. Uh, at the end of March and took first and her sister team, I know, took second. So um, that was really cool to see. So congratulations, Jenny. And I hope that you're still, uh, you know, riding high a couple weeks later. So yes. That's awesome. Yay, Jenny. Um, yay, Jenny. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, so, um, so all the training plans, whether you are trail or um, our road have that, um, have that double run built in um, with like another run, either on either side of it. Correct. I have, yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, so you do have that opportunity. Um, what, what are you doing in between those runs to make sure that, um, you are preparing yourself as best as possible for, for the next, uh, bout of mileage? So I just always, um, you know, want to pay attention to what I'm eating right after a run and then in the several hours afterwards as well. You know, if you think about your nutrition in terms of, you know, your training, you know, what you eat is always something that's going to help you recover for a run and then ultimately prepare you for the next run. So if you get done with your run and then you have, I don't know, something yucky and gross, is that really going to help you prepare for your next run that may be, you know, 10 hours later? Probably not. So if, if you can just kind of get into the mindset of having something that's, you know, easily digestible carbohydrates, some protein and some fat right after the run, and then, you know, a couple of hours later, something else a little bit more substantial, lots of um, fluids, hydration is going to be key as well. Um, mainly, you know, both water and electrolytes, though. So, you know, you can have um, the noon tablets because there, you know, there's no real sugar in there at all. So, you know, getting your electrolytes in and making sure that you're hydrating well after your run is going to be important too. And then, you know, getting your pre-run for your next workout, your pre-run nutrition um, in within, you know, an hour or two before your workout so that 
um, you're ready for that run, that's going to help you also. Totally. Well, so what, what do you like to eat after a run that, 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 um, carb protein fat mix, like what do you, if you were training this weekend for one, what would you do with you the double runs? So I would probably have, um, I really like RX bars. I think mm -hmm. that they're an easy way to get some good carbohydrates and protein in um, without kind of overdoing it. You know, especially if you're running for an hour or more, what you eat right afterwards, you know, your body's so used to just show, you know, pushing blood to muscles that when you eat right afterwards, your digestive system still isn't working up to normal capacity. So if you have some big, huge meal, you may end up having some stomach issues right afterwards. So having something light and small right after the run is going to be more helpful than having something huge. So have something small. I like RX bars because they're easy, Lara bars, things like that, that are easily to digest, easy to digest sure. a good amount of carbs and protein. Um, and then like an hour later, I'll have something else like a sandwich, um, a smoothie, yogurt, something along those lines. Um, rice. I eat a lot of rice and quinoa and stuff. So something like that. Fruit. I, I like kiwi after a run, especially if it's warm because it's so delicious. Um, so berries are a good option. On, uh, <laughs> bananas and oranges, but kiwi, that, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a new one. Yeah. Kiwis, I guess, are in season right now. So we've been getting a lot of them. So okay. we, we nice. enjoy them. <laughs> I don't mind them except for they just get uh, like, I feel like I look like I've lost half my teeth, like the seeds, the seeds right, my all the little seeds yeah. and they don't travel well either. So, you know, cause you have to cut off the skin. So berries are a good option in, in, in that, uh, if you are, are bringing them with you somewhere. Sure. Well, and it's also, that's good. I mean, the bars and a sandwich and fruit, um, those are also great because they travel well, minus the kiwi right, and, the they're portable. and stuff, but you know, that's a good time for you to check out what your, um, think about what you want to eat in the van, right? Because, Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it, it, <laughs> I think Ragnar's and I know Jen, you have more serious teams, but they, in my experience, they've gone off of, they go between like, you know, kind of wanting to go, you know, do well and run well, and then also kind of wanting to make it a party. And that's what's so fun about it. But, you know, for a party for, you know, me and my girlfriends, it means that we have like sour cream and onion chips and Twizzlers and, you know, a bunch of stuff that uh, is kind of junk food, which is, yeah. um, fun to have on a road trip, but not necessarily fun to eat, um, you know, before you go out at 2 a.m. So, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think that it's important to have fun also. Like you can have oh, all that stuff. Like I love potato chips and Twizzlers, but if you have something good, then, you know, it's not so bad to have the other stuff too, you know, just absolutely. all in moderation, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, just, and also knowing how it affects you. I mean, after, you know, you know, you're going to get into a rhythm with your team. If you've never done a rag now before, you're going to know like, Oh, um, do I have six hours between now and when I run next? Or do I have eight or do I have four? Like, and then you kind of know like where your stomach is and what you can, you know, you, you can find a rhythm and that's helpful. Um, Absolutely. Um, you know, if you are eating, you know, an ice cream cone at the aid station, then all of a sudden uh, it's your turn to run. That's probably not going to end well. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the trail Ragnar is good in that, you know, you pretty much have a good idea of when your next run is going to be based on how long it's taking everyone to get through their loops. So that one is probably probably a little bit better to plan for. You can also have like more stuff with you than when you're in the van. So, you know, if you're doing a road Ragnar, I would definitely say in the, in the runs, the weeks leading up to your race for those days where you're running three times within, you know, two, three days to pay attention to how your body feels in between each run and when perhaps you may get hungry and that kind of stuff so that, you know, 
when to eat right after your run and when maybe you should be eating again for your next run. Now you can have some, you know, Twizzlers and potato chips, but um, maybe if you know you're going to run in an hour, maybe skip sure. the ice cream cone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially because they're so probably so prevalent at, at trails, right? Like, oh, there's a soft serve machine. Um, <laughs> So, um, so let's talk a little bit um, about strength um, because it's come up a couple of times on the page. Um, you know, there is something, it, you know, it's, I feel like it's the $6 million question. If we could only solve this, um, first of all, we could be, you know, quadrillionaires, but also um, we could help people become a lot stronger runners because um, strength always seems to always get the short shrift. And, um, and you put together some really great circuits for them that we try to keep um, to body weight and, um, you know, minimal not minimal time-wise, but try to, what we try to streamline them. Um, yeah. And so how, I mean, obviously living in the gym more or less, I mean, how do you help your clients who are not necessarily like, oh, sweet, I get to go do some more squats. Like, what do you do with that situation? Um, I think that, and, you know, like you said, we've discussed this a little bit on the Facebook page already. And it, when it comes to our, our circuits, for instance, you know, that it, it's really easy to, um, to just tell yourself, let's just do one round of the circuits and we don't have to do the entire full workout. Um, let's just get one in. And that's, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Everyone can get a good 10, 15 minutes in somewhere around their run. Um, and by thinking about it that way, like, okay, I can, I could probably fit in 10 minutes. I can fit in 15 minutes. It might be a little bit better mentally to prepare yourself for that rather than thinking you have, you know, to get 30 minutes or 45 minutes of a workout in on top of a run or on top of work or whatever else is going on on that day. So I think telling yourself, and I tell my clients this with runs too, you know, tell yourself you're just going to do half of your workout. All you have to do is half and it takes away some of that pressure that how am I going to fit all of this in? And chances are, once you get going, you, you're at the point mentally where you're like, oh, you know what? I can fit this whole entire thing in, or I can do both circuits or whatever the case may be. Sure. Um, you know, even if it's ideally short, you, you want to be able to get in your whole workout. Sometimes life gets in the way and you can't, but, um, I also have told clients that when it comes to strength training, doing say one circuit before your run as a, as part of your warm up is also a good way. I mean, that way, cause you're only doing one circuit, you're not fully fatiguing the muscles. So it's not going to necessarily affect your running form or, you know, affect your run in any way but it's a good way to get some strength in and you're warming up for your run too. So that's an option. It's not, you know, ideal, but it's better than nothing. You know, it's getting it in, um, in some way, or you can do it as part of your cool down as well. So, you know, right after you're done running, do one circuit and then, you know, be done with it, do some stretching and, and go about your day that way. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, and I, I like that. I mean, I even like the idea of, of course, I'm like, well, if you can do that, then you can do that four times. Right. And so like, if we're asking them to do, you know, two, two circuits twice a week, you know, we're basically asking them to do four circuits. So, you know, if right. you could, you know, every other day hit one or, you know, hit three instead of, you know, it's all consistency is great. And, um, because the strength thing comes in big in, in Ragnar, um, because that, because most of us, even if, you know, we have a, a little bit of a taste test of running a couple times, um, you know, over a 24 hour period, it's still um, a jolt, you know, and yes. it's a different situation. You're going to be running faster. You're going to have a different like set of motivation. And so that's when your posture comes in. That's when your strength of your glutes comes in and your muscle. You know. So, yeah. So, so talk about, um, you know, some of the, cause it's not all just lower body stuff and core mm -hmm. that you're doing. I mean, we definitely have the full range of motion in those circuits. 
Yeah. So, I mean, part of the reason, you know, we do strength training, of course, is to strengthen our muscles, but part of strengthening is also muscle endurance. So, you know, the stronger your muscles are, the longer they will be able to perform the way that we want to. So again, as you get tired, it'll take longer for your, your muscles to kind of fatigue and therefore affect your form. So, you know, that's another reason why to do strength training, not just prevent injury or, you know, build that foundation, but also to kind of quote unquote last longer while you're running. Um, and we add in, you know, strength for upper body because, you know, as you get tired, especially if you spend a lot of time during your day on the computer or driving or somewhere where I'm going to around, you know, you should kind of get that that C, that comma, yeah. um, doing a lot of upper back, upper body work is going to help prevent that from happening. So strong chest, strong shoulders, strong upper back will help you stay upright longer while you're, while you're running. And that's going to be really important during Ragnar when you're sitting a lot. So, you know, making sure that you're strong in the upper body is going to help you too. Absolutely. Yep. For sure. For sure. So that's our plea for it. And um, the other a couple of tricks that Please I use, I know, I know, right? I like the half. I really do like that half idea. The other thing is sometimes I just say I'm going to do it for X amount of songs, right? I've got my, you know, my music going, and I'll say, okay, um, I'll do this routine, and I'll do it for four songs, which is usually a song is three to four minutes, so that's probably, you know, fifteen ish minutes, maybe a little bit less. Um, and uh, and then, um, yeah, and and then be done. So wherever, so it's just. Somehow, you know, getting some kind of other, um, you know, measurement going besides, oh my gosh, I've got to do this whole thing or else yeah. I'm not going to even start it. Um, I think that that's I a think really- also, um, you know, I think, and I'm sure that most people feel this way, like when it comes to working out, like we think of a workout as such where we have to put on the clothes and the shoes oh. and the everything. And I think, you know, you don't always have to. I mean, I when I used to work in an office, I would do stuff at my desk just to kind of break the day up and do squats at my desk or whatever in a dress with heels on. And of course, I looked ridiculous, but, you know, it, it did. It's a good way to work stuff in folding the laundry, do some squats, do, you know, some lunges or whatever, making dinner, standing at the stove, you know, whatever. Yeah. can work for you. You don't always have to carve out all this time where you have to change the clothes and put on the shoes and all that kind of stuff either. Um, you can work it in and also breaking up the circuit, doing half in the morning or half in the evening, something along those lines too, can be a good way to work it in. Totally. Totally. All right. We've, we've armed you with some tools. So now you got to go do it. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I wanted to talk about, um, this, one of the things that, that um, sticks out to me about Ragnar is um, running obviously at times of the day that are not your normal time. I mean, most of us um, get up early or fairly early and go, like we like to go in the cool, we like to go in the morning, get it done. Um, and I remember, you know, your Ragnar time, your starting time can be anywhere from early, early morning to like what, up to like 10 or 11, depending upon yeah. predicted finish time. So that means that you might be out there, um, you know, blaring in the heat of the sun at 3 a.m. or 3 p.m. Um, you're obviously not obviously, but most people are going to have a night run, um, you know, which is very cool, but also um, can be a little bit of a, what would you call it? I wouldn't call it scary, but it's just a, it's a unique experience. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, so talk about, you know, I mean, is it important for them to go out at 3 PM? Is it important for people to do a night run or what? Tell, tell us quick weigh in on that. I mean, I think that in an ideal world, yes, it would be great if you could get out at alternative times that you're not used to running. So if you are normally a morning runner, if you could try doing some runs in the late afternoon or evening 
just to, again, to get your body used to it, to see how, how to work your nutrition for that time. Um, I, I remember the first time I had run at night um, for a relay like this, like a Ragnar, it was really weird. And I, I didn't know how to eat. I didn't know what was going to happen. And so again, if you can fit it in, in your training and, you know, can slip out after dinner or something like that, just to get some miles. And it's, and again, it doesn't have to be a huge long run, just no. a, a mile or two, just to kind of see what your body does at that time when it's not used to running, I think will help you. And I mean, I'm not suggesting wake up at three o'clock in the morning and go out for a run, but heck, if you want to, I'm not going to say don't do it. I think anything that you can do to prepare yourself for what's going to happen during your relay is going to help you to be successful and just, you know, knowing how your body is going to respond to it. That's all. But if you can't do it, I mean, that's okay too. You could try and do, you know, again, you know, after dinner, you don't have to go running or anything like that, but try not to do your normal like after dinner routine. If you, you know, sit and fold laundry or help the kids with their homework, maybe afterwards, get up and just do something active, whether it's going up and down the stairs or walking around the house a little bit, just so that, you know, you kind of are able to mentally make that switch from shutting down to actually needing to rev up a little bit. I think that's going to help the most. It's just, you know, what the mind starts thinking about, the body will ultimately follow. So if you can get your mind um, able to wrap around having to be active when it normally isn't, then your body will ultimately follow. Agreed. Agreed. And um, what was I just going to say? Oh, dang it. Oh, the one thing, I mean, you know, I think most people are um, proficient or, you know, are used to um, running with headlamps. But if for some mm -hmm. reason you've never done that, that is something to definitely try just because Absolutely. the nighttime runs are, um, you know, you're back on county roads or, you know, you're not necessarily running through a, 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 on a street that has a lot of lighting on it. There'll be a lot of runners around you, of course, and you're not going to be out there by yourself. But there's something about having that, you know, um, what spotlight kind of in front of you. And so if you're not used to that and you're a little tired on top of that, and then you put Twizzlers on top of that. Yeah. All that stuff. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, yeah definitely be used to, to doing that. Um, That's a good point actually, because I remember one of the first times I wore a headlamp, because I always wear a hat when I run. Um, even if it's nighttime, I still have a hat on just because of hair. And um, the first time I wore a headlamp, I didn't quite understand that the headlamp can actually adjust so that oh, you can sure. raise it up so that the beam of light is actually above your brim to your hat. So I was like, why can't I see? Well, stupid, you need to adjust the headlamp. So that's a really great point that you make. Try it out before your race so that you know how to put the headlamp on on top of a hat or a visor if you wear one all the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and then what, I mean, so, I mean, the, the, the rest of the training plan, I think you've done it, you did a great job of kind of laying out and just, um, you know, giving them a variety of workouts. And if you guys have questions about the workouts, obviously tag um, Coach Jen or, or me on the page and we can help you um, decode them. But um, uh, what was I, what other things do you think about? I mean, obviously the teammate situation is pretty, um, you know, if you have any, like, advice about um or like when did you start to kind of back when you guys started running Ragnar with your um team that you do in south in southern california like when do you guys start organizing i know you're kind of a well-oiled machine now but um is it like two months before or one month um or? no definitely further out okay. um for for socal so socal is um the first weekend in april so usually by the fall you know we have um, that's when everyone, you know, kind of commits that they're going to be doing it. 
Um, and then by the beginning of the year, so four months out, maybe a little bit less than that, we really start the planning stages of, you know, who's going to be bringing what, um, that, that kind of stuff. Um, okay. And just so that we're on the, on the same page um, for teams that, I mean, honestly, it depends on how, you know, anal your captain is, but, sure. um, or, you know, how you know, your teammates are or whatever. Some people, um, the, some of the teams, the very first relay I ever did, I didn't know a soul except for one other person. I was, uh, I was kind of like, well, I'll do it. Um, and I was so thankful that my captains were on it. They were really well organized and they sent emails almost every week leading up to the relay for the last, I would say two months, um, just mm -hmm. about, you know, what to bring, what would work best for you, that kind of stuff. And it was really helpful. So, I mean, I think it's, it doesn't hurt to get organized earlier, the better, especially if, if you know, what happens when someone drops out and you need to find an alternate, like that kind of stuff. Um, so for you captains out there, you know, Ragnar's website um, it has a really great um, resource of the captain's checklist. So, and even if you're not a captain, taking a look at that is really helpful to see some of the items that you're going to need. We have a packing list on the Facebook group in the file section. So take a look at that. It doesn't hurt to get organized. If it's going to make you crazy, then maybe don't think about it too far out. But, um, but yeah, at least two months out from your relay, you guys should really start, um, you know, finalizing your details, especially if you're traveling to your relay and you need to worry about what you can bring on the plane stuff like that sure sure and getting a van and all that um how um specific should people be like if they like um what point do you want them to have or in an ideal world would they have their legs assigned so that they can train to them um like specifically i mean i'm thinking about like ragnar colorado which i did you know what feels like forever ago but there were some crazy crazy climbs and some crazy crazy downhills at the same time right. and so kind of being ready for those um physically was helpful. So, I mean, do you, do you um, recommend that they try to get their legs kind of um, assigned sooner than later and, and then adjust accordingly or? Yeah, I do. That, um, that, like you said, will definitely help with training purposes, knowing what you have ahead of you. Um, when we first started planning, just using SoCal as an example, um, you know, we started planning pretty early on who was going to do what leg and who was going to be in which band um, just because for that reason alone, you know, some of the yeah. girls had, were not regular runners and they were worried about having to tackle runs that were going to be longer than say five miles just because they'd never done it before. Um, so we wanted to make sure everybody had enough time to train. And plus, you know, with the road Ragnar, there's at least one run that's going to be double digits for one person. So, you know, having that information far enough in advance is definitely helpful. So I would say three months out just so that you have enough time to do that. So, you know, 12 weeks or more, just so you have enough time to do that double digit run. Yeah. Yeah. So if you do know your legs and you want help, um, if you want to tweak your schedule at all, um, or, you know, want to make sure that you're training properly for it, for that double digit, or if you have a long climb, or, I mean, I think it's especially important when it's, um, the second or the third, especially the third, if you have a tough leg on the third um, and your third run, um, you know, just tag uh, Coach Jen on the Facebook page and she will help you, um, you know, adjust accordingly and make sure that you, you know, get your hills in or get your downhill in or whatever it happens to be. Um, Absolutely. So, so you've done trail and road. I mean, is there one that um, now that you would say you prefer or is it kind of, you know, whatever gets served up or talk a little I bit mean, about the difference? 
I, I mean, the differences would be, you know, obviously the road Ragnar, you're in vans and you're traveling from point to point. So, you know, no, no run is going to be the same for anybody. And, um, you know, you have to go, uh, you have to worry about the vans and, and whether or not you need to rent them. If you're local and you can use your own, that's great, but you may want to rent them or getting a hotel room or something along those lines. There's a lot more planning, I would say, with a road Ragnar in that respect. The trail Ragnar, the main planning is, you know, what kind of camping gear you're going to bring and, you know, who's bringing what, how to set up camp, how to break up camp, that kind of stuff. I would say that's the most um, most important stuff you would have to work out beforehand is just the camping situation. And if you haven't camped before, I would say Ragnar is a great way to get your feet wet with camping <laughs> because, um, you know, there's, there's no real pressure. You're in a pretty safe environment and there are a lot of people around to help you. Um, but that's the main difference between the two. Trails, you're not going anywhere. You're camping in the same place where you'll be running. So that makes things a lot easier. It's much easier to plan your eating and all that kind of stuff. You just need to bring everything with you. Whereas with roads, you know, obviously you can go to a store if you need to or a restaurant or that kind of stuff. So sure. they each have their own pluses and minuses. I mean, obviously I'm I'm more comfortable on trails. They're they just I love trail running more so than road running but I also yeah. love road Ragnar I mean it's so much fun to see all of the vans going everywhere and all the different places that you yeah. get to experience um so they both have their 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 benefits I would say um I don't know that I can say I like one over the other okay I don't right. I don't love camping so I mean that's the yeah. downside to trail the trail well, Ragnar yeah, yeah. and I mean is it is it uh the trail, I mean, how does it work? Does everyone do like the A loop first and then the B loop and then the C loop? Or can you pick how you want to do it or how does it work? No, so you're you're assigned a runner leg also in trail Ragnar. So, you know, whether you're runner one or runner eight and then they, um, each loop is color coded. So there's a red, yellow and green and um, they just kind of alternate. So like runner one will start, it depends on the race, but let's just say for example, runner one will start with red loop and then runner two will start with yellow and number three will start with green and then it alternates from there. So everybody that, you know, you'll run three times, there's eight people. So there's less people in trail Ragnar um, and uh, you know, each one does the loop, each loop once, but it just alternates based on when you start and that sort of thing. Sure. Sure. And um, I know you guys ended up in um, in Florida last year um, because of weather, right? That it rained um, that you did a couple double loops. You doubled up a little bit and that's now yep. allowed as well on the road, right? At nighttime, if you, right. if you do have some safety concerns. Yes. Yeah. Um, you can double up and all that means is two runners can go at the same time and kind of um, get your mileage completed together. And it doesn't, um, I don't know if they, if they're doing it this way for the road Ragnar or not, but for the trail Ragnar, if you guys end up doubling up, then you kind of lose your ability to be placed, which is fine. If you don't care about that kind of stuff, if you don't care what place you come in, um, then that yeah, we didn't, it doesn't matter to us either. So, um, so I would imagine if they do that for the trail, they probably do the same thing for the road as well. So if you double up your mileage, that just means you get to finish sooner than um, if you had each runner go out by, by themselves. Sure. Sure. So yeah, so that's just a, a team decision that you would make. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, is, if anyone has any questions, let us know. Is there anything else, Jen? I mean, as they kind of a lot, we've got a lot of people um, coming in right now and, and have, um, 
July. I know we've got the Pacific Northwest um, relay going off. Um, and I'm, it's been a week. So Tahoe. I can't the ones right before. Tahoe. <laughs> Tahoe right before. Yeah. That. Yeah. So yeah. Um, is there I think we have some in? Cape Cod people too. Um, Cape Cod people. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I just, I just think that Ragnar is just a great way to meet new people or hang out with the people you already know and love and just try to do something different, something that there's just, there's nothing like the experience that you have at a Ragnar and just meeting other people, seeing all the other teams. I've never known there were so many creative people in the world with some of the team names and costumes and that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, and to have fun, you know, just have a good time. It's hard enough to like stay awake and eat and all that kind of stuff over the course of the relay. And then adding running on top of it is kind of crazy. So just, you know, have fun with it, roll with it, keep an open mind. I would say number one thing is just keep an open mind especially if you're with people that you don't know well, um, you know, keep your, uh, imagine your, you know, professional voice in your head saying, okay, don't say that. <laughs> yeah, don't. yeah, imagine you're talking to like <laughs> a three-year-old that doesn't belong to you now. Is that right. really your toy? Yeah, no, that's definitely, that is something, especially if you've not done right now. Everyone's going to have highs and everyone's going to have lows and they're going to come and there, there will be uh, in the van, especially, um, you know, it gets tight, um, directions, sometimes are um, not read properly and yeah. uh, it's all good. I mean, it's nothing, you know, it's all in fun, but you have to um, make sure that you can roll with it. We, I've been on a couple of teams where um, we didn't have a people who could necessarily roll with it and it, it's okay, but it just kind of, it creates all this drama that's unnecessary right. and a pretty exactly. thing. So, um, so yeah, so as long as you can like, you know, bring your quiet and bring your voice and just uh, your mm -hmm. smile. Um, and your sense yeah. of humor, exactly. Your sense of humor, exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. Well, thanks you guys for joining us. I'm going to turn this into a podcast. So that can be um, something you can listen to on a run or share with your teammates or whatever, um, as you guys, uh, train together. And as always, if you have any questions or anything, the Facebook page is always open. Our, um, our, uh, email account, uh, clam club at another motherrunner.com is always open. If you have questions, you'd rather not put on Facebook and otherwise, uh, go get it, go have some fun miles this weekend. Absolutely. Thanks, Jen. What, so you have fun miles this weekend or you have a recovery weekend planned, I hope? Um, yeah, I think so. My husband has a bike race on Sunday. So okay. um, we'll probably just, I don't know what I'm doing yet regarding my own run. So we will figure sure. it out. But um, but yeah, low key, um, just kind of hanging out. Nothing too exciting. Finishing up taxes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's exciting. Yeah, woo. <laughs> 15 is, lo is looming. <laughs> Take care, everyone. We'll talk to you okay. soon. Okay, bye everyone. Bye. Thanks. Thank you.